Hello, hello everyone. Welcome back for another week of the Max Potential Habits podcast. Today, I am really, really, really excited about having on Emmy Kirshner, who is a business coach. She's an investor, a serial entrepreneur, a coach, an international speaker, and she masterfully combines her intuitive abilities with her analytical sense to help driven entrepreneurs become the visionary CEO of their business, which results in doubling revenue. We all want that. And what I'm really excited about is that pre-show we had a conversation about the hustle burnout cycle. And I know that a lot of you listening get stuck in this hustle burnout cycle. So we wanna talk about productivity, performance, stress, balancing those out. And the way that Emmy worded it, I really like, she said, flat line the highs and the lows. So that's what you're gonna hear today, among a whole bunch of other awesome stories that we always dig and dive into. So welcome to the show today, Emmy. Thank you. I am so super excited to be here with you. Nice. I know. And we realized when we were talking last time that we both live, we, well, you're moving though. Are you moving local? I'm just moving apartments. in. Okay. My so we live close to each other. So we're definitely going to get to hang out. And I love those serendipities where I'll be chatting with someone in Zoom. And then all of a sudden they realize like, oh, you live near me. We could actually hang out. That's so yeah, cool. We could have coffee. Or coffee. <laughs> <That's> so <laughs> great, right? <laughs> yes. So first, you know, share some of your backstory. I'd love to hear whatever you want to share in terms of backstory oh and how you got into coaching. Um, through the most windy, crooked path ever. <laughs> Nice. <laughs> um, I've done a little bit of everything. So my, my journey really began, um, I mean, first of all, I have my, my business administration degree from college. So my background just in general is business. Uh, and I've worked in um, convention and conference planning, you know, marketing. Um, I worked as a project manager or project manager for uh, a really small boutique marketing agency that worked only with aftermarket motorcycle um, products. I worked in financial services. I sold insurance. Like I did, you know, all these weird things that all bring like this huge knowledge base together. But the my entrepreneurship journey really started when my oldest son, who's now 21, so this is like forever, right? Um, but when he was just about a year, and we um, he had digestive issues, and we went to you know all the doctors and specialists, and the last pediatric gastroenterologist was like, you know, we don't know. All the tests come back, you know, negative or normal, and try giving him some more olive oil um, so that it'll slow down his digestion, and maybe he won't lose his weight. And see you later. And I was like 27 at the time, and I was like, uh. <laughs> but it was the catalyst for me really um, just diving into health and wellness and, um, and figuring it out. And I healed his gut in like a year and a half with a lot of trial and error because, you know, 12, 13 months, your kid's not going, oh, you know, those grapes? Yeah, don't do that. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So, um, that was the beginning because then I started getting really into healthy eating. I learned how to cook. I um, started working for a caterer just part-time, which then I kind of climbed the ranks through them, um, started my own catering business and personal chef business, which then led me to health coaching. And that eventually, um, I, I was really a couple of years in and I woke up and I was just like, if I have to write another blog about the five things that you're supposed to eat today or, you know, or this week, I'm going to throw up. And 
my dedication and my passion for healthy food has not changed, but it wasn't the way I was supposed to serve. And when I went and looked at how I was serving my existing clients, I was like, oh, look at that. You're working with all entrepreneurs <laughs> and you're really working on sales and marketing. It just happens to be the thing that's stressing them out and causing them to either overeat or not eat at all. Uh-huh. It took me a little while to obviously shift into fully becoming a business coach. Like how do I stand out? What are my zones of genius, et cetera. But I've been able to take all of that experience over the last 20 years and doing all these different things and utilize that for my clients so that they can grow faster, bring on team faster, you know, hit multi six figures a lot sooner than they would have without the burnout, without the stress uh, and just have a ton of fun with them. Like it's, it's really cool to play with the people that um, I, I serve who are mostly creative entrepreneurs. So So much gold in there thinking about something that stood out to me is when our our path for our children often is what pivots us in a new direction. And then you being willing to take the leap to realize that something was off and go, I'm going to pivot and, and, you know, stop health coaching and go in this different direction because you see the connection and that you want to serve differently. And I think sometimes it's scary for people to do that. Because, yeah. you know, you've been trained in a certain way for so long, or you've been working with that, that group of people for so long. And then you're like, okay, now what? But it sounds like it was, it was, what was it like for you? Was it scary? It was weird. Yeah. It was weird. Cause there was, I'd love to be like, well, overnight, I became yeah. a business coach, but there was this whole process of like, I don't have an MBA, right? I don't have these qualifications, except that everybody was coming to me for business advice. Uh-huh. Yeah. And, and even like my former boss, when he was, he was getting ready to retire, was like, how do we create the exit strategy? Now, have I ever developed an ex- exit strategy for anybody? No, <laughs> but we did it. Yeah. And it comes to me naturally. So it was really owning that. And I think this is where a lot of entrepreneurs struggle, particularly in getting to that six figures when they're just starting out is they have that imposter syndrome mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm. and like, you know, do I offer any value? And then they undercharge. So I definitely went through that period in a couple of months of, you know, what am I doing? And yeah. it was really a friend of mine who, um, her business is, she's the CFO for small to mid-sized businesses. And we were talking about this and like, I don't know how I stand out and blah, blah, blah. And she's like, what do you mean? She's like, do you have any idea? Like how good you are and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, okay like like it comes so naturally you don't think about it totally yeah so yeah okay let's dig there a little bit because imposter syndrome is one of my i I love talking and thinking about imposter syndrome over helping people overcome it um tell us more like when you think about that imposter syndrome piece and you're talking about undercharging where do people get stuck in that world because i see people getting stuck i'm curious for you what you see for entrepreneurs and how they get stuck on that credential piece and all that Yeah, what I see is it comes so easily for them, right? Whatever the thing is that they offer, they just do intuitively or naturally, like that's their gift. And they they presume that everybody else can do it easily too. It's like my friend who's the CFO, like yeah, I can do that stuff. I mean I can, but it's painful and nobody wants me to. Or like, you know, the, the audio for my podcast again, can do, but it would take me six months to do like one 
episode. Yeah. And, you know, there yeah. would be a podcast, right? But I can give advice and help people build businesses and create that CEO mindset for the people that I work with really easily. Yeah. And, I, love, I love that and, term, CEO mindset. Yeah. yeah. Like, you need to start CEOing. And people are like, Oh, I hadn't thought about that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, what you're really saying is that because it, it, it seemingly comes natural to you, you overlook your power in being able to show up and help other people that way, which then completely minimizes your genius. (laughs) Exactly. So when you start recognizing like, Oh, what I offer other people can't do, and then Mm -hmm. you're charging for it then that's just owning your value and empowering other people to recognize you and them. Yes. Yes. Super important. Yeah. I want to, I want to point out for everyone listening, because I think this is a really powerful, easy tool is to just start asking people, what do you see me being good at? And it helps bring insight into you because you start to hear an overlap of patterns where people will be like, Oh, you're so great at this. You're so great at this. You're so great at this. And it's hard for some people to do, especially if you're somebody who struggles with imposter syndrome, it's hard for you to receive compliments. And so it's hard to ask people like, Hey, what do you see? I really shine at, but try it out because I it's such a useful powerful tool like exactly like you're saying your friend helped you see like oh okay this is like very natural and easy to me why wouldn't I do that and and tell tell me what you think about the credential piece because I know people get stuck here too you know you said I don't you didn't have a business degree so you're like well can I work with entrepreneurs did you ever get one did you No, I didn't have my MBA and I won't I don't yeah yeah me neither (laughs) because my my value is in my experience and my expertise and my ability to solve problems and uncover roadblocks. Yeah. And I don't need an MBA to do that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's fascinating. Some of the business, um, you know, leads business school in Boulder is really well known. And uh, sometimes when I talk to people from that department and the entrepreneur professors and stuff like that, you know, they're like, you're not learning the practical strategies of business it's it's not what you think it would be and a coach i think the cool thing about coaching and coaches generally speaking is that you have the outside perspective which actually is useful not to have as much training in that area yeah and i mean while practicality is good Mm -hmm. it doesn't solve challenging problems either yeah you gotta think out of the box when yeah you're creating something newly or even just pulling out like how do I stand out from you know a gazillion other people who are doing the same thing or something similar yeah and and how do I pivot because the market's always changing yeah so you know it's asking those powerful questions yeah practical is great yeah there's a place for it but and I do believe in having systems and process and and some linear thinking and obviously a plan but the yeah. rest of it, it's like game on let's play yeah yeah so fun okay so i want to hear before we move to hustle and burnout cycle what would you say to people listening who are either in building a business and stuck with imposter syndrome or yeah let's speak to those people what, what what's some good advice for them raise your rates now raise your rates now <laughs> i love it <laughs> okay yeah. Awesome. yeah like just And what I have my clients do is like we set um, like yearly revenue goals and I'll have them pick a number and they have to tell me what it is. And then I'm like, double it. Nice. And like, do you feel like you're going to throw up? And they're like, "Uh (laughs) uh-huh. 
I've awesome. I've done my job. <laughs> Perfect. It's not about reaching it. It's about setting and creating a plan to mm -hmm. get there and actually implementing the plan. Yes. Like if your goal is 200 or 300 K and you're potentially doubling your revenue, like if you're at 290 and you're 10 K short, who cares? Yeah. Yeah. And that's how I look at it because people frequently will stop short of where their goal is in their activity. But if it's big enough, you're still going way beyond what's comfortable. Yeah. And comfortable is not where the growth is. Yeah. <sighs> Mic dropper. <laughs> That's so true, right? I mean, and I think that we, I think we all, let's say even me who knows this work and I'm sure you too, it's like, you know, this work, you do this work, it's your life's work. And there's still those places where we, I need someone to pull me up and be like, stretch yourself to the ultimate limit that you possibly can. You know, yeah. like you're thinking too small or you're, you're, you're limiting what you think is possible based on what's happened in the past. So let's double it and play in that field and see where your brain wants to go with that stretch. Yeah. Yeah. really step outside of the comfort zone. So what, what's, yeah, what's a place that you've done that where you're like, where you really, you know, was, were scared and went for it anyway? Oh God, every step of the way. Of, you know, <laughs> being comfortable, like, all right, I'm a business coach now. Yeah. Um, starting the podcast. The first time I spoke, which was horrible, by the way, <laughs> horrible. Um, like I try to set things you know, every year that, mm -hmm are uncomfortable. I always try to set a big revenue goal. Um, and, you know, again, it's not about getting there. It's about having the plan and taking the actions. Yeah. Um, nice. Yeah. I'm trying to think like just, yeah. Anything that's new. Uh, I'm going to start learning horseback riding, which I'm not really scared of because I've been wanting to do it for a while, but it's still, there's like, I've been procrastinating actually reaching or researching a stable because I'm like, well, I'll get to it eventually. Yeah. You know, if I keep waiting, the whole summer will be gone. So yeah. Um, it's that constant taking a leap, right? It's like, just yeah. like, okay, let's take the leap. Let's take the next leap. Let's stretch here. Let's grow here. And, and you're right. I like that you pointed out. It isn't always about fear. It might not be that you're staying in your comfort zone because you're afraid to move out of it. It just might sometimes be that it's easier. It, you know, it doesn't the time commitment, all of those things. But then when you step out into that new part of yourself and even just yeah, that's, it's cool. Like, you know, think about horseback riding, it's a new environment and it's working with animals and learning new skills. And it, it changes your brain to actually step into yeah. a different part of yourself and a different activity. Absolutely. Cool. I'm doing yeah. something for me and not others and like all that stuff. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, like with fitness too, it's like, how am I showing up? Right. Like, cause it's so easy to go through the motions of riding my Peloton bike or doing yoga or, and not really pushing. Yeah. So that awareness of like, am I just on autopilot or am I really intentionally doing the thing that I said I was going to do? And that plays into business too, with like, am I making the sales calls and I'm not concerned about whether or not I actually sell anything or am I out there like, you know, connecting, reaching out and closing stuff and measuring that, even though it makes me really uncomfortable because I'm not used to doing it. And it's such a muscle memory thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, so stepping out of autopilot consistently so that you don't get stuck in autopilot comfort zone, stretching yourself in all areas. It's like training your brain in the direction to constantly be up leveling. Yeah, absolutely. 
That's awesome. Okay. Let's talk hustle. I, first, yeah. I want, at first, right? Like there's this thing with hustle, the word hustle in and of itself that people are charged by. So, so say something there. I want to hear your take. You on just that. let me make my face. So. <laughs> I did. That was awesome. <laughs> the whole hustle and grind thing goes up my back. And I know that for some people, hustle is motivating. Like they're getting their groove on and, and everything. And that's great. For me, it's like, not even like taking advantage is moving too fast uh, and without good results, right? Mm. Like if you can grow your business super fast and you've got great results and you're not exhausted, then that's awesome. But the hustle and grind piece is where mm. we're taking on for me. If we're taking on too much with very few results and you feel like you're banging your head up against the wall, you're mm. working all the time and you don't have I don't really believe in life balance. So it's more flow for me. Mm -hmm. um, you know, what do I, what do I have surrounding me that's feeding me? And particularly women suck at that. Like, they, you know, they're giving to everybody else. Yeah. And I see a lot of coaches too. Like they, they're not protective of their time and their self care to really be beneficial. And that's where you get these like super high highs where it's like they're either in the creative creativity zone or they're, you know, closed a bunch of deals and that all feels great. And they're, you know, they're working a ton and then they hit the low where either they get sick or they've got stuff going on with their kids or friends or family or whatever. And they burn out because they, they don't have, you know, enough support to get them through. And then that affects the revenue cycle of their business. Mm -hmm. So I like to try to flatline that, as we said, because you're really training yourself to run a marathon or two and not just sprint. And to, for me, hustling is about sprinting. Yeah. 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 Yes. I, I, I so much good stuff to talk about in there. Um, you know, I think about that idea of like hustle can be fun or it can be drudgery, burnout, awfulness. Right. And I, I like that you're saying something that I really focus on with the entrepreneurs I work with is, the idea of self-care, <laughs> you know, like if you're not taking care of yourself, you're going to burn out. And because exactly, it's not a sprint. We're talking about like an ultra, right? Like we're going the distance, even beyond that. Yeah. It's like your life's journey. This is our life's work. This is whatever business you're building for. I think the people I attract to my audience, it's not people who are like, yeah, I want a one and done kind of like make a whole bunch of money and then walk away from my thing that I love doing. It's yeah. like, yeah. this is my life, you know? So this how is, do I yeah. show up and enjoy it every day? Right. This is the beginning of my empire. Right. Yeah. Right? And I yeah. want to bring everybody in it, you know, with me and invite people into the community and have fun. And, and the Dalai Lama said the point of life is happiness. And it's like one of my go-to quotes because it's like, it's so perfect in that if you're not doing things that make you feel good, why bother? Yes. We were not here to be miserable. Yeah. And it's so surprising. It's funny because I just did my solo cast exactly this week on that. It was like, like, how do we, how do we manifest by feeling better? Like doing the things we love. And it seems very obvious to do the things you love and stop doing the things you don't love doing, <laughs> but we do it all the time. And, and I, I want to hear from you. Like, what, what do you think that is for people? Why do you think that we would set ourselves up to do things we don't enjoy and expect an outcome of joy? I think because 
we're still, and I think we're coming out of it, um, as I, I see a shift in a lot of people and how they're kind of doing life, but we're coming out of this old mentality of lack and it has to be hard. I know like, that's how I was raised. Like you have to work hard. Right? Yeah. God forbid it should come easy. Cause that is like a no, no. Yeah. So people overly complicate stuff. Totally. To, right. To, you know, make it hard and difficult and challenging. Yeah. And, and I think especially in the United States, like we have this whole productivity thing. Like how can we get more productivity out of every hour of the day, out of every person, instead of looking at performance and where are you performing at a higher level consistently? So I think when those things shift a little bit more, we'll be more focused on the happiness because you know, a lot of studies show that like people are only really productive for five out of seven hours or eight hours a day. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, you can, and, and I don't like for me, productivity is more about checking like to do lists off than actually accomplishing big projects or making impact in whatever way that, you know, is meaningful for you. Mm -hmm. So to be measuring, you know, I was productive and checked off all my things isn't as I think gratifying as I got like the creation process for this project laid out today and I did it quickly as opposed to, and, and it feels good as opposed to, you know, it took me half the time or something like it's, yeah. you know, it's just different in how you look at it mm -hmm. um, and setting yourself up so that you're consistently bringing your best self to whatever it is that you're doing, whether it's your workout or your work. Yeah. Talk, talk more about this because I think this is so incredibly critically powerful for people to get that productivity is not the same as performance. And also it isn't, it doesn't, you don't have to work your ass off 18 hours a day to create a business in life you love. And I, I so agree with you, I think, and, and I definitely was trained that way as a kid, you know, like watching my parents as entrepreneurs and my dad worked a lot and mm -hmm. it really got ingrained in my brain. Like you got to work hard. And, and that was like, that was an, it was almost like the moral thing to do, you know, right. like, like if you weren't, yeah, like you were you're lazy. lazy. Yes. Yeah. And lazy was like the word of like, Oh, I never want to be seen as lazy. <laughs> Right? That would be the worst thing ever, you know? Yeah. And, and I've been really shifting my energy toward fun and playfulness in my business and like how much fun can I make everything be? And do I enjoy doing this and all those things? And it has been so freaking fun to watch the shifts of what happens. Right. And, you know, cause you have that idea, I think for people listening to it that are stuck in this, which I know a lot of them high performers are, they like, think I got to keep going, 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 going. I got to achieve the next thing. I don't take a break for myself. Once I get there, then the next mountain to climb is like instant. And so it's, it's letting yeah. go into some of the relaxation and playfulness and fun and trusting that you'll actually get even better results. Mm -hmm. No one has had a brilliant idea while they're on the hamster wheel. Yes. Like, it's not where things happen. It's when you're relaxed and you're chill and you can allow your mind to unwind yes. that the next great thing comes to mind or you solve the problems. Like when I, I, I have two dogs, so we go for a walk every day. And like, if I'm stuck and I need to kind of just, you know, 
move something through my head, we go at a different time than what's in my calendar because yeah, they love the exercise and it'll just allows me to, to think differently. Yeah. So, it's, yeah. It, that's so great. I mean, I think that's such a good practical actionable strategy for people where you go, okay, how do I loosen up the reins a little bit and, and allow more flow? I like that you use the word flow instead of balance. Yeah. Um, because the playfulness is so great. I love that quote so much. You know, it's like thinking about, I think someone, I don't remember where I read this or heard it or if someone said it to me, but they were talking about their best ideas coming. They have a marker in the shower because it's where they like get really creative and playful. And I was like, it's so true. Like when, for me, when I come up with the greatest ideas, it's usually either on a run, like right when I'm like laying in bed, just kind of like daydreaming and you know, just relaxing from the day or in the morning when I'm doing my morning routine of like journaling, meditating and being free to create. So I actually schedule in unstructured creativity time because it, it's true when you're grinding and, you know, like we can say hustling when you're hustling hard and not allowing it to be fun, you're locked up in this on the treadmill. Yeah. Uh, so it's so powerful. Will you share a little bit about your idea, but you, the different thought behind flow versus balance? Yeah, so balance indicates that everything's equal, right? That it weighs the same, has the mm -hmm. same value at all times. And nothing in your life is, generally speaking, all ever in balance. There's times where you need to focus on your relationships or just you or your work more than other things. And if you allow that to come and go, and this is part of what I learned as a single mom, because I don't think my kids like ever knew that I was working you know, full time when they were little, mm -hmm. uh, because I was home for the most part when they got off the bus. I went to a lot of their games. I did the homeroom, you know, mom thing. I volunteered, and like that was my priority. It's just I needed to be able to make money to pay the bills, obviously, um, and like that's that's how I juggled everything. But it wasn't, you know. I mean, sometimes there were days because there's two kids and I would get their schedules confused or like, you know, life happens. But overall, it wasn't uh, a difficult thing for me. And the whole life balance thing or work-life balance thing goes right up my back. Like it's one of my little pet peeves um, because it, I don't think it should be. There's not, it's like putting something in a box almost. Uh-huh, yeah. And we don't separate, particularly as entrepreneurs, work and life completely particularly if you're working at home. I mean, yeah, you may close up your desk, close up your laptop, and you're not doing that task, but I can guarantee somewhere in the background, you've got some idea going on while you're doing something else. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, okay, so share with listeners some strategies to eliminate or reduce that noise that's going on. Like, oh, I'm hanging out with my family or my kids and I should be working, or I'm hanging out at work and I should be hanging out with my family. Like, what are some good strategies there for people? Because I hear this a lot. Right, so I, I mean, routines are really important. So having an opening of day and close of day, particularly beginning and end of your work day, mm -hmm. um, to me is really important. And you know, whatever that looks like from journaling, writing some gratitude, cleaning up your desk, um, closing out any emails. Like it doesn't need to be this epically long thing. It could be five minutes, it could be half an hour, but it's really deciding to take like that time and wrap it up. And then being you know, disciplined enough to uh, whenever you decide that your end of day is, 
mm-hmm. being disciplined enough to be like, all right, you know, other stuff can wait. Yeah. Yeah. I'm curious for you. Okay. Because so I know your kids, you have how, how many kids? You have two? I have two. They're 19 and 21. Okay. And they, they're both off to college um, or, or off, well, let's yeah, say. Brian okay. lives on his own. Okay. Yeah, because I remember you and I talked about this uh, a while back, and something that I have struggled with in this way is because I don't, I don't have a partner, uh, my kids are older, like sometimes the end of day used to be dictated by my kids, and now because they're not here needing me and watching me, like I will then push it, you know, to the max, and or I'll be like, well, there's nothing else to do tonight, so I could just keep working and working, 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 you know, so it's like, I love that you pointed out it's that, it's the decision and the discipline to create the routine to create playfulness and relaxation so you're not always hustling yeah and i can go down that path just as easily because i'm having fun like if i'm creating something i want to write copy and i've got the idea totally no other reason like yeah yeah yeah. but so how do you know the difference that that's a good question because for me too i go like my life is very inspiration-led like i will play as hard as I want to and work as hard as I want to based on like, is it fun? Is it joyful? But then I noticed like this week, you know, this last week I I moved last in the last few weeks. And so I've been like pushing pretty hard, you know, trying to get things set up. And then I, and then because I worked hard moving and packing and then, you know, all that stuff in this last week and I played really hard and, you know, so it's like that it's, it's, it's interesting to watch how it all goes, you know? So for me, it's gauging, like, am I excited about doing this or am I doing it because I feel like I should? And I'm air quoting for those of you who are listening. Yeah. yeah. And, um, and, you know, if I'm excited, like, oh my God, I can really wait to get this out and get it done. Or I've got this idea and, and, you know, I don't have anything else that I need to do right this second. Then, you know, that's a great place to be. Yeah. Um, and I think it's, it's, but it's exactly what you said. Like you moved and you played and you've got to have that downtime from the workplace and you'll get into a work groove that, you know, where you are working a little bit more, there'll be a project that needs to get done. But for me, drinking enough water, eating relatively healthy and sleeping, Mm -hmm. like non-negotiables. Yeah. Yeah. See, I'll let my, that's, it's something I've been working on is the sleep part. Cause I can really let my sleep go. If I want to have a lot of fun, I'll just be like, Oh, I don't need sleep. <laughs> and then I feel it, you know, I'm like, Oh, my yeah. brain doesn't quite function in the same way when I don't get enough sleep. <laughs> yeah. But it's, but I like what you said. It's, it's you asking yourself, like, is this joyful? Am I having fun? Do I want to be engaged in this? So it's that constant self-reflective awareness about, am I hustling because I think I should or out of fear or doubt or worry or obligation, or am I enjoying this project because it's what I really want to spend my time doing. And check in with like a friend or a mentor or whatever. Like I checked in last week. So I was like, God, I'm so tired. And what's wrong with me? And and they're like, hello, you've been working a lot. And I was like, oh, that's right. Duh, I need yeah. a damn place. So like I took this whole weekend and played and sat in the sun. And nice. Yeah. yeah. And I feel, you know, completely recharged. So that's, it's like learning, you know, how to have that flow where your life isn't just Monday through Friday. Yeah. Especially like, as an will, entrepreneur, right? Yeah. Well, and I will frequently work on like a Saturday morning or a Sunday morning to get organized, catch up on stuff because it's quiet and there's no interruptions and I don't feel like I need to be on social media. Mm-hmm. But that also means that somewhere during the week, there's a couple of hours that I'm doing something personal. Yeah. So it's not like that's the, the shift for me is, you know, what's going to work and, and 
get the things that I want to done. Yeah. I, I mean, to me, what you're saying is, is allow the flow of your own life and business the way that you want to create it and construct it instead of having this preconceived notion about it's got to be this way and I've got to work these hours. And, you know, it's like, it, there's a, a lot of flow in what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. And, and not that everybody needs to shift their day, but I like frequently don't start my day until 10, my work yeah, day. Me too. Um, yeah. Because I, my kids don't need me in the morning. I don't like getting up. I'm really slow. I need coffee. I need to take my doggies for a little walk. I like to journal and meditate and exercise. Yeah. And I don't like I spent years rushing and getting out to the bus and doing all the mom things. And I don't have to right now. And I'm not going to. Yeah. It's pretty fun when you get to structure your life exactly how you want yeah. to. <laughs> yeah. And I know like yeah. somebody may be listening a little, I'm still juggling, you know, the bus and kids and everything. And yeah, and that's okay. Like find the place somewhere else where you can have the flow that you want. Yes. Right. Such great advice because it's true. You know, I'm at that, I had kids really young, so I'm at that stage where I get to do that now, but I have lots of friends who have really young kids and their life is definitely structured by their kids activities and so I think it's you know like give some tips there what would that look like if you feel like you're in the hustle and grind and you feel like you're constantly going and I know it's what we've been talking about this whole time but it's like what what would you have people asking themselves or shifting so that they could feel more flow in their life I was gonna say it's funny because I say balance but it's like this idea the feeling of more balance I like that one of my favorite words is poise the balanced state of equilibrium that's the sense, right? It's like, let's flow so we can be poised and enjoy our day because life is really short and why wouldn't we? Yeah. So what's most important to me? Like what are the three, yeah, yes. three things? Yeah. Like what, 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 what are three tips you could give people to be like, okay, if I want to, if I came to you and I said, Hey, help me get into a state of flow and balance. I'm an entrepreneur. I'm a parent. I'm juggling a lot. What can I do? What would yeah. So I would have you identify the three areas that you want to work on. Um, and I like three, so you see a lot of that in my work and in my, um, actually just create a 90 day planner, which I'm just like testing out with some of my clients right now, but it's, there's a lot of threes. Cool. Um, what are the three areas you want to work on that are bothering you that are, you know, you don't feel you're in sync with, and then what are the three things that you want to do in each of those areas and pick one from each area. So you, you've started with the three areas, so you're up to nine different things with three from each area, but you're back down to one in each area, right? So let's okay. say it was fitness and kids, uh-huh. right? Then you've got one goal for working, doing something with work. You've got one goal for fitness and one goal to, you know, be with your kids. And maybe it's, you know, all have dinner together three nights a week, right? Okay. Like that's that could be both fitness because you're eating healthier and you're spending time having, you know, great conversation with your kids. Um, it could be, you know, something that's more targeted and revenue generating, um, which is where I, I focus my clients times a lot is, you know, stop doing all the other stuff and let's just focus on what's going to generate the most revenue and activity there. Yeah. Not the easiest. Mm -hmm. And then looking at where your time is, and what's going to give you the most joy. And then on the flip side, I would ask you know, myself, like, where can I do less? Like, what can I let go of? Who can I ask for support? Um, who can help me with this? 
Like my kids and I, when they were like 10 and 12-ish, we got into a thing where they're like, their rooms were a mess, the house was a mess. And you know, I don't deal with that well. I'm not, like that's where I don't flow. <laughs> I need things picked up reasonably well, despite the boxes, because I'm moving as well <laughs> in the background. But, you know, is we had this conversation about like, either you can help me pick up and keep things picked up or, and we'll go do fun things or, you know, we can leave things the way we are and I'm going to pick everything up and I'm going to put them where I want them and we won't do any fun things. And that was really the beginning of us becoming a team so that there was the fluidity and whoever needed whatever thing and we got to do the fun stuff, but now it's paying off where like they're both coming to help me move. And there's no questions asked. It's like, of course, we're going to help you. I mean, there may be some grumbling along the way as we're, you know, trying to shove the sofa down the hall, but you know, it'll be fun laughter and, you know, yeah, yeah. That so that's so cool. where, yeah. that's, those are the questions is what do I really want to focus? What's important and how can I do less? Because most of us are still overscheduled and trying to shove three weeks worth of stuff into one day. I think that that is one of the most powerful questions. How can I do less? <laughs> and it, it is not typical for high performance people. You know, it's like, oh, yeah. entrepreneurs, generally speaking to me, anyone who's going to hire a coach and work with us, they're going to be people who are really into building their business powerfully, right? So it's like the, that mentality often is not asking, how can I do less? <laughs> and what brings me joy? You know, and so it's, it's training yourself to enjoy life more. And it's been, it's, it's, I mean, I don't know where you're at in the manifestation, magnetism, law of attraction kind of world, but like, okay, cool. Yeah. Two thumbs up, everyone. <laughs> I figured because we wouldn't be hanging out together if that was the case, but or if that weren't the case, but it's like that idea of, to me going like, you got to be high vibe in order to attract the things you want in your life. And if you're doing things that make you feel miserable, and if you're in a constant state of burnout, life is going to suck. And why do you even want to build a business? What you would, why do you want to create a business that feels like a job that you hate? That makes yeah. no sense. And you're not serving your people. Right. You're doing everything and you're not asking for support. Yeah. Yeah. That was a big one you said in there too. You said, you know, like asking yourself, who can I reach out for help? Which I right. think people struggle with too. Uh, you know, how can I do less? Where can I do more that brings me joy? Where can I refine what it is in my business that's bringing me profitability instead of all the checking of the boxes of the things that you think you should do because it's made other people successful? You know, like there's so much gold there. And I think it's just this overarching feeling of like, create a life and business you love. And it takes you becoming a person who shows up with the habits of doing a life and business you love. Yeah. It's, it's good and stuff. It, and some of it sounds not silly, but like so minuscule, like, like right. share gratitude, have, you know, morning routines. And, yeah. But it's life changing when you're intentional about them and you're looking at like your day-to-day -day change. It's pretty cool over time to see how you show up much more powerfully and intentionally. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Oh, so good. Okay. Share with us I gotta look. Oh, we've been going for a while. Okay. Share with us where, what, well, first, what are the top three max potential habits that you think got you where you are today? Um, that's tough. <laughs> There's so many. Um, not being afraid to pivot. 
mm. like recognizing when things aren't working. I just did that this spring where I had a membership site and I launched and it was fine. And um, I was like, I don't ever want to do this again. Like I don't like launching. So I created a 90 day program and I'm having a blast, like stay nice. aligned. So if it's not working, pivot. Nice. Um, persistence and practice. Like all of the habits that we talked about are about practice and not necessarily mastering or being perfect at it. Yeah. Dropping perfection, right? Yeah. 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 Um, and then I think really getting uncomfortable, like seeking mm. discomfort and not gi necessarily giant discomfort. It's that incremental discomfort. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. With, with the intention of, of, what would you say with the intention of what? I don't want to put words in your mouth. Oh, growth. Yeah. I mean, yeah, so I was where, thinking you were going to, yeah. Where do I yeah. stretch? Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. I think something that's been so powerful for me to learn in the last few years of jumping into personal growth and development and coaching is this idea of like, it's growth isn't actually very comfortable. And most people think that growth and progress and success is like this, uh, you know, a trajectory that's kind of straight line where it's like, always oh, up, always oh, up. I'm practicing and it's going well and things are awesome, but it's like, it's pretty freaking uncomfortable actually. You know, like I'm uncomfortable all the time, <laughs> you know, I do it anyway. And it's, it's fun on the other side when you're like, okay, I put myself in this really uncomfortable situation and here I am on the other side now with skills, tools, lessons, right? all that stuff. But it's like along the way, I mean, it's, it's a decision, right? It's, a, it's that decision to go like, okay, I'm going to step into the most powerful version of myself, which means I've got to get uncomfortable. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> So good. So fun. Okay. I what one more thing. What tell us uh, some good books, top three books you've read recently or books uh, that have changed your life. Um Never Split the Difference, which is a book by I can't remember the guy's name, but he was like a FBI hostage negotiator. And yeah, I mean, I, it's I have it in my Audible and I haven't listened to it yet. And I it's yes, great. I can't think of his name either. And okay. like it's it's awesome if you need help with your sales conversations. Okay. Um, and interesting. I thought it was interesting. So that's one of my favorites. Um, oh, God. Um, I listened to both of Rachel Hollis's books. And while she didn't really say anything different that I haven't heard before, her stories are hysterical and they just land really well. Um, so it was a girl stop apologizing, a girl wash your face. Yeah. Okay. Nice. And it's just like, yeah, yeah, whatever. There's another person doing personal development. Uh, but she is a right. good storyteller. She's a great storyteller. And she will also mirror the habits, the gratitude, drink water, go to sleep, move your body. Mm -hmm. uh, and she's, I think she's as authentic as anybody can be in her openness with what's going on and what struggles for her, which is what I really enjoyed. Like there's no, there's no like separation yeah um, and not that i pretend to know her obviously but yeah 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 um it resonates though yeah yeah um third book probably the one thing by and i can't remember um that's is that scary keller i think but yes there yeah. we go yeah yeah good stuff keller williams keller williams <laughs> yeah <laughs> he um, is a he's got some powerhouse it's funny because i've read real estate investment books of his and he's got incredible 
strategy tips and that yeah. one too. Yeah. Well, that was super cool because it, it, it's like, and I've listened to a couple of podcasts where he's been interviewed and he literally is like, if it doesn't contribute to the things that the one thing that I'm focused on, which it now is more family for him. He's like, then I just don't do it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and he was talking about, um, some like templated emails he has because he gets asked to do a lot of things because he's uh -huh. successful and stuff. And he, I love that. That's his check-in. Does this contribute to the thing that I want? Totally. Well, and it's that question of how can I do less, right? So it's yeah. like learning to say no, how can I do less, especially when you're someone who's an overachiever. It's that idea of, I, I, I love that idea because my, for me, it's always, is this in alignment with my vision? If it's not, it's super easy to say no. Uh, you know, it's like I tell people all the time, I get asked to do all kinds of things and I'm like, I just check in with myself real quick. Like, is this going to bring me joy? Is this in alignment with my vision? If it's a yes, then it's a yes. And if it's a no, it's like, no, and I don't need to apologize. I just go, hey, I'm super focused on my vision. Thanks for the opportunity. I wish you all the best. Yeah. 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 I mean, wonderful to be asked, but you're not contributing or giving anything to anybody if you're overcommitted. Right. And doing things obligatorily, which is yeah. such a joy suck. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay. You are awesome. I love this conversation. Oh, we, you. Will you share with people where they can find you? Oh, absolutely. So you can find me uh, most often at the Tribe of Leaders on Facebook. It's a Facebook group um, or the Tribe of Leaders podcast, which is on iTunes or Apple, whatever, and everywhere else. Yeah. Okay. So Tribe of Leaders and your Facebook group is open to everyone. Yeah. Okay. Tribe of Leaders. Absolutely. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. And then the, and then your podcast, which is incredible too. Okay. And of course, everyone listening, those links will be in the show notes. Thank you so much. I can't wait for us to hang out. Absolutely. It'll be so much fun. Yes, yes, yes. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for being here. I hope you took lots of notes. I know this has been a conversation that we've all had before and how I think that it's something that everyone struggles with is that hustle, burnout and stress and figuring out how to be in flow in life and business and bring more joy. So I'm glad that you are all here. Let us know what you got out of it. Tag us in social media, share some comments and I will be back next week. I hope you all have an incredible week where you thrive and feel alive. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Max Potential Habits podcast. If you're liking what you've heard, it would be so incredibly awesome if you would subscribe to the channel and leave a five-star rating and a written review. This helps me help more people while we grow our NFA community so we can rock it out together. For Max Potential Habits resources, go to nfacoaching.com where you can access all of my resources. There's free eBooks, PDF checklists, a journal template, a business mindset meditation kit, and so much more. Plus links to NFA Coaching on Instagram, YouTube, LinkedIn, and Facebook. And if you're super serious about up-leveling, there's also a link to schedule a free consult to work with me in group or one-on-one -on -one coaching. Until next time, I hope you have a Max Potential Habits Day where you get inspired to do whatever it takes to transform into the most empowered version of yourself so you can lead a rich, thriving, kick-ass life and business.